Okay, good evening. Hi. Um, thank you so much for um, allowing me to share the word tonight. Um, my name is Aline, for those of you who I have not yet met. Uh, my husband and I uh, traveled here in August of this, uh, 2020 um, to uh, go to Kingdom Vineyard and also for my husband to go to uni as well. Um, <laughs> but we are really, really enjoying our time with you all. So um, I'm really looking forward to getting to know the rest of you. Um, in prayer and preparation for tonight's message, I did feel um, God impress on my heart the um, crossing over the River Jordan of God's people in the book of Joshua, and particularly with God's instruction to them as they did. Um, so if you have a Bible with you and you would like to read along, I'll read out of Joshua 3, verses 1 through 4, um, or you can just listen in. Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from the Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan, he and all the children of Israel, and lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp, and they commanded the people, saying, When you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests, the Levites, bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about 2,000 cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before. So you may or may not be familiar with this story, but as the priest carried out the ark into the water, the river stopped flowing. It was held back from a harvest flood stage so that tens of thousands of people could walk across on dry land. This was absolutely a sign and a wonder. Not only that, but this was the grand entry into the long-awaited promised land. God had been speaking to his people about this place, that he would bring them a place of their own for many generations. They started to see God working them toward this when they were freed from slavery in Egypt and crossed through the Red Sea. It was a similar passage of God holding back the waters while lots of people safely walked through on dry land. And what was between that time? It was 40 years of wandering, camping, eating the same thing, and wondering if there was ever a way out or if they were just going in circles. And I can def definitely relate to that feeling. Are we there yet? Why am I back in this place learning the same lesson. When is this going to be over? When are the promises of God going to come to pass? So now they're at the point of transition in their journey, and I wonder if anyone else can relate. Perhaps it's looking toward what lies ahead of us this autumn, perhaps the anticipation of the new freedom from lockdowns. Maybe God is asking you to follow him into something new, or not so new, but either way is a bit scary for you. Whatever place you find yourself in right now, I think this can be an instruction to all of us if we let it. Now, let's look closer at the passage. In verse 4, we read that God wants his people to follow the ark across from a distance of about a mile. 
as we know it. This space between the people and the ark represents God's presence, and it shows his holiness. He wants his people to let him go before them. He says to do this so that they may know the way they should go. And then he says something to them that I feel the Holy Spirit is echoing to us today. You have not passed this way before. I imagine the children of Israel saying, sure, we haven't been to Canaan before, but we know the drill. You hold back the waters, we cross on dry land. We remember what happened with the Red Sea. It was awesome, so let's go. But is that all that God was referring to? So this word way that's used in Joshua 3 verse 4 is a Hebrew word with two essential meanings. One speaks of the direction or the journey and one speaks of someone's manner or moral character. It's also the same word used in Isaiah 55 verse 9 when God says, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. God wants his people to know his ways. This will lead us the direction that we should go. In other words, you will know the way because you know his ways. In this transitional moment, God is saying both, that his ways are holy and inviting us to follow in this holy way. Verse 5 of this passage says, sanctify yourselves or make yourselves holy, for tomorrow I will work wonders among you. God wants us to regard his ways, which are unsearchable and holy, trustworthy and full, over and above the way out, just over the river there. This sign and wonder was a holy one, but the meaning lies so much deeper to regard the Lord of all the earth, as verse 13 of chapter 3 puts it, and the holiness of his ways. In Leviticus 11, and also referenced in 1 Peter, God says, be holy for I am holy. How do we do this? How do we sanctify ourselves for the things that God wants us to do in and through us? How do we cross over in step with his ways? The way across is also the way that will sustain us in the new land. We read in John 14, 6, that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We need to renew our thinking and lean into the mind of Christ by his spirit today and every day. In January, Jim spoke a word to the church for 2021, encouraging us to make our prayer according to Psalm 68, 11. And I'm certain that this is that God is still speaking this word to this church family halfway through the year. It says, Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I believe there are two areas that God is highlighting today that he wants us to be free from. Those two are familiarity and shame. Familiarity with God's ways will dilute our following him. Instead of regarding God's holiness and something that appears common, we can become distracted and preoccupied with our way of seeing things. For example, coming out of lockdown, restrictions can easily be viewed as a return to normal life. But if you have a bit of discernment, you'll know it will be different, mainly because now we are different. The familiar can also be triggering. 
of what we once walked through, pain, trauma, loss. These experiences program us to vow that we will do everything in our power not to go back there. And yet there are times when he calls us to that very place. We have two children. When our first was born two months early, and we lived in the intensive care unit of the hospital for six weeks, we made a decision to stop there. No more of that, thanks. We can adopt or whatever, but I will not be going back to the NICU. Um, Then came the moment that God began to speak to us about having a second child. He did a work in our hearts to get us to that point. And we said yes, um, but we had no idea of the work that he would do through her arrival. Around the very same time that Jordy, our first, was born, which was two months before he should have been, there were signs of the exact same thing happening with Ruthie. I was admitted to the hospital, and Chris and I agreed that although we didn't understand, God was going before us, and he was in this. I knew the drill. It was all too familiar to me, even to the point of the doctors having me walk the halls of the hospital to see if the efforts to hold off premature labor had worked or not. The first time I took this walk, my son was born an hour later and in need of intensive care for an extended time. However, as Chris and I entered the hallway the second time around, facing the path that I had avoided with everything within me, I began to cry tears of joy. This time we walked right past the NICU, not needing to see the other side of those doors. God took us face to face with this thing that we thought had conquered us to show us that it did not have us. We did have a victory lap that day, and Ruthie was brought to full term. God's redemptive heart for us had landed us right in the middle of where we swore we would never go again to restore us into a place of complete awe and worship to him. You cannot worship what you consider to be familiar. You can't be in awe of what you think you can comprehend or predict. If you think you have God figured out, chances are you are thinking of him as much smaller than who he really is. These are things we know, but it's so good to be reminded of today. As we step back and regard God's way as holy, unsearchable, and far above ours, we are more likely to trust the journey, though we have many questions along the way. There are giants in the promised land, intimidating and even triggering for some, but we were born to conquer them. So fear not the familiar today. Regard God as holy and fear him alone. He is going before you. Second, I believe God wants us to surrender any shame to him. Shame seems to be the ultimate goal of the enemy, doesn't it? The temptation to sin, the fire of life heating up and revealing pieces of our heart that we're not so proud of, that do not please God. And the shame of this causes us to hide from him. If we're not careful, it can sneak in in the form of false humility. If you're like me, you may have memories of hardships that brought a reaction out of you that could change the way you see yourself and allow the shame of those times to categorize you as someone not fit to cross over. 
There are many truths that we could discuss today about this, but I'd like to encourage you with just one for now. I personally have never felt more of the reality of the trial by fire that First Peter speaks of than through this pandemic. However, the truth is that First Peter goes on to give the picture of the fire and what it produces, the precious gold of the pure faith in our hearts. The process of refining metals is that the fire brings the dross or the impurity to the very surface. This is not meant to make the dross the point, bringing shame, but then to remove it, scrape it away once brought into the light, because it's not meant to be a part of us. As Morag said a couple of weeks ago when speaking on Ephesians 4, there is healing in the light. No sooner does something surface out of us and is brought into his light is there an invitation for healing. Christ is there, waiting for the dross to surface so that he can scrape it away and say that that sin has no place in us any longer. Although this process happens over and over throughout our life, and it might be easy to believe that we are not growing, be encouraged today that he is patiently working in us, removing the dross. He does not hold the dross as a part of who we are, so we shouldn't either. He calls us his chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that we may declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his wonderful light. Wherever you might be in the course of your story, it is far from over. And praise God that we don't have to be the hero of our own story. He's that hero. Joshua was at the end of his life before crossing the Jordan. He then received a city in the land of the giants. Shame keeps you on the wrong side of the river. It tells you that you aren't qualified to move forward with God. It considers your past more powerful than his presence. But remember, if he has spoken and said you will cross over, then he will do it. Your past is not stronger than his plan. So today, let us turn our hearts back to an awe of his holy ways, his moral character, his manner. What do we know of who he is? He is faithful. He is just. He is good and kind. He is love. He is patient and long-suffering with us. He is all-powerful. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. He is the beginning and the end. So as we take these thoughts on the truth of his word, I want to invite us into a prayer of repentance This repentance or turning gives proper place to his ability rather than ours and restores our sights on his faithfulness. Will you stand and pray with me? Holy Spirit, will you come? Jesus, we come into your light. We ask for your forgiveness for regarding the way as familiar rather than holy. We bring any sin, brokenness, or shame that lingers in our hearts and repent for holding on to those as who we are. 
We allow you to remove the dross. Help us to see the good work that you are completing. Forgive us for not trusting in your ways. Forgive us for not foreseeing things in your, our sight rather than through your heart. You are the Lord of all the earth. We return to your way. Thank you for setting us free to walk with you, following you as you go before us. Amen.